Good day, everybody, and welcome back to the Libertarian Social Democracy Podcast. I'm Brad, and I'm here with Matthew Bump. And today we're going to be talking about kind of a spicy one these days, and it's going to be about Bolivia and Evo Morales and the total confusion and conspiracy theory about, oh, it's a capitalist bat coop, it's a fascist bat coop, yada, yada, yada. So Matt knows a little more about this than I do. I've briefed myself a little bit about what happened prior to this, you know, large protest and what's going on now. So, but I'm going to let Matthew go ahead and take the the wheel for this one. All right. So, like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it for anybody, the left or the right, on this one. Like, the, the people that overtook the government or, you know, assumed power after the next three people behind Morales stepped down or resigned, um, they, the people that came into power, they are extremely right-wing. They are fascist. Yes. You know, but the people on the left in America and in other places as well have jumped to this conclusion that it's, you know, like Evo Morales was this great leader and... He wasn't, you know, setting himself up to be a dictator. And it's, I don't know, I've had to inform a lot of people about the process of how he even got on this ballot again. Um, I'll cover it again right now if you want. But basically, oh, and, and there's there's background information about how he's just a shit-tier human being in general. Uh, but, alright, so, uh, I think it was, it was a number of years ago where he was... Uh, he was in power, he was president, and he was, uh, helping to write a new constitution for the, for the government there, or for the country, and it included term limits, and on, uh, one of the, yeah, the term limits was two five-year term limits, so a total of ten years. Well, at some point, they fired a shit ton of judges, and at some point, they... I guess, voted other judges in, but all these other judges ended up being pro-Morales, and I'm not sure how much we can trust democracy in Latin American countries, let alone here, um, but basically, those judges ended up overruling his own constitution that he helped write, and the part about term limits, finding them unconstitutional. So he was never supposed to be allowed on a on a third term by his original constitution that he wrote, or helped write. And here he was going for a fourth ballot, a fourth term. And he won. And there was reports of voter irregularities. Everybody on the left seems to think that that is debunked. Um, and that is just, you know, 100% conspiracy theory to you know, instill a capitalist thing and it had, or a capitalist form of market because they refused to, uh, well, they nationalized their lithium mines or whatever. Yes, I wanted to comment on that really quick. Um, there is somewhere out there a screenshot of someone, I, I'm assuming that's a leftist. Was tweet. it the Tesla thing? Yeah, about the, okay, so. Oh my God. Okay, so this person had screenshotted, um, Tesla stock, uh, a graph of Tesla stock, um, like I want to say like it a month, like, a was... month prior, and then like a few days before the protests really started to go down, 
And when dude left office, pretty much. Yeah, when dude left office. So he had the graph zoomed up. So you can look uh, look this up for yourself, but uh, Tesla's stocks are pretty volatile. They're almost as volatile as Bitcoin. And this dude basically zoomed in. It made it look like there was a huge market fluctuation. But really, if you were to zoom out and look at look at, a, at it at a six month or a one year or a five year, you see that their stocks are always going up and down. Crazily. Yes. So this is no, it's not a funny coincidence. It's just it was almost as if they thought Elon Musk was behind the the so called coup. You know, and I, yeah, it is. It was ridiculous, <laughs> plainly ridiculous. So, yeah, I just want to say that because that's absolute horseshit. That's literally like, that's cherry-picking data right there. That is, yeah, that's the epitome of it. I, you know, will, I, I just, ah, man, it, it's such a dumb point to make in my opinion. I get that lithium, you know, is valuable to for, for battery purposes and production and all that. And... Maybe it's coincidence. Who knows? I don't know. But I doubt that it was, you know, his stocks rising were directly related to that. Anyway, um, about Morales, uh, people rose up after and after 21 days of protesting, the military kind of just went up and said, all right, we're, we're siding with the people here. Like, we got to remove you from power. The next three people came uh, or they resigned. And the right-wing opponent, who has made some very disturbing statements about indigenous people, uh, seemingly wanting to eliminate them from the country. Um, yeah. <sighs> they That person took over. I can't remember their name. But, so, they, in my opinion, they are a fascist, extremist, right-wing, fucking, like, terrible group of people that took over. And they are currently backed by the military. So I understand on some level why people are calling it a military coup. But there's a whole lot of shit that the people on the left like either fail to see or really just don't look into at all. Like, for example, they say Morales was a protector of the rainforest. He took some, some photos of being in the rainforest when it was on fire and, you know, fighting it and all that. Yet, uh, back in 2011, he had a uh, an idea to put a highway through the Amazon rainforest. And they were going to go through with it, but after public backlash, they fucking backed down. And after about six years from that, in 2017, they announced they were going to do it again. And, uh, yeah. I already talked about how he... how, how fishy it was that he uh, fired all those judges arbitrarily... And I've linked people to these articles, and they always say it's like, well, your 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 sources like the Guardian prop up, like uh, like capitalists and neoliberalists and and like white supremacy and all that shit. I'm like, please tell me how the Guardian or you know like Common Dreams, which is a very left source, Common Dreams, uh, is propping up white supremacy, you know, or capitalism in any way. <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah, so Evo, Evo Morales, it's, it's in my opinion, and this is for me adding people, uh, from Bolivia and other Latin American countries, 
and discovering more and more about how their governments are corrupt and they're fake. There, there are some. It's gonna sound stupid to you. There are socialists, and then there's people that take up the fucking name like Hitler did. Hitler had yeah national the National Socialist, Socialist Workers yeah. Party, whatever. And people <clears throat> on the left in America really, really believe that Morales way raised the standard of living in in uh, his country by opening up like just the market for the rainforest and shit like that. Excuse me. And, uh, yeah, he's just, he's really not a good person, but neither is the person that assumed power after him and the next three people following resigned. So, we, I don't know, man, I gotta make that clear, though. Like, people are gonna think that I'm supporting the right-wing fascist group that is anti-native, you know, and that's not true. What I do support is the people protesting in the first place, and the people, in my opinion, from what I've seen, the people that are generally left uh, in those countries, that are Bernie supporters at the same time, being against Evo Morales. They're against them. I, I support their protest. I also support their protest against the right-wing fascist. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that person actually did announce... Uh, that there would be new elections by January 22nd of 2020. Uh, I think um, in the context of, you know, what you're saying about, like, the people, you know, protesting, I think there needs to be a clear distinction made that the the people that protested Morales are not, shouldn't be considered people who are bought off or have interest in a a far-right fascist group. I think that because that a fascist group so happened to come up in government that people make an unfair distinction and act like it was that the people had a part in the fascist person coming into power. I think that they make a, a, a unfair distinction with that. Yeah, it's not... They're, because they're, they're calling it a capitalist military coup. And that's because the military basically forced Morales to, like, say, all right, we, like, nobody supports me right now. Like, the military turned against me. The people have been protesting, and it's gotten out of control. Uh, <laughs> it's just unfair to lump them all into that same group. Yeah, it is. Because, if I'm not mistaken, the people also were, once that fascist person got into power, they also protested against that, right? Yes, that's been ongoing. Uh, I'm going to look up the name of the, the new president real quick, so we have to stop saying fascist every 10 seconds. Okay. Um, okay, so we found the name of the new Bolivian president, and her name is Janine Enyes. Um, we can just call you call her uh, Janine, just uh, for simplicity. Um, who, as of eight hours ago, on... Uh, what would have been Wednesday night, uh, asked Congress to approve fresh elections. So, hopefully, hopefully the people will win in the end. That's what, that's what's important. That is what's Regardless, important. Regardless, um, they got, hopefully they'll remove her from office, and Morales will not be allowed anywhere near that ballot box, because it's clear, in my opinion, that the people actually really don't want him and just because they're protesting against the current person because she's a terrible person doesn't mean they want him. Exactly. I also like to say that 
American leftists also need to, like, learn to not always trust, like, you say, you know, he, he bastardized the so the socialist label, yeah. in a sense. So, basically what I'm trying to extol is that just because someone has the socialist label attached to their name doesn't mean you should always trust them and always believe that, oh, because he's a socialist, oh, he has... No, the be he has the best at heart, you know. Um, Hitler, even if Hitler literally had National Socialist in the party name. Exactly, and like for me, if a libertarian writer, libertarian capitalist came into become became a president of the United States, that doesn't give me any less doubt. I mean, uh, not I shouldn't say it like that. You should still be just as skeptical. Yes, of you. you should always question the th a governmental authority. And no. not just go by a label. Consider it optimistic cynicism. It's literally, <clears throat> it's ideological purity there, where it's like cognitive dissonance. Um, but you're literally just, instead of being partisan, you're partisan to a label, even if the label doesn't actually apply to the person in the way that you think it does. Exactly, like, like let's say, you know, a libertarian, like, let's keep going with this, a libertarian president, a right libertarian president comes to power um it would be uh what's the word and they let's just say they did everything that donald trump did they're yeah. not a real libertarian yeah they're not a real libertarian but even if they did do the best job that they could and and set forth the policies that i wanted um you should always 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 you know ne never fully trust because these bastards are cunning <laughs> and <laughs> that's it, the it whole it doesn't matter what label you put on them like their their actions don't always line up with what they're espousing. And that's the whole point of libertarianism in general is even if you got a, your guy in government, you always, always, always want to, you know... Hold them accountable. Hold, hold them accountable and have the eyes in the back of your head because inform, you never know. Inform yourself because there is no way to know if you're literally just being spoon-fed everything from your TV... Or just armchair quarterbacking, which is literally just you yelling at the TV as you watch shit go down like a football game. Like, why didn't they? Why didn't they call this play? Why would they do that after the fact? You know, um, or you, it's just a surface level of knowledge. Low to no info voters tend to be the biggest fucking problem when it comes to this partisan bullshit. It's the same exact yeah. situation. Um. But yeah, uh, to the people in Bolivia, I doubt you'll be able to hear this, but, um, you know, I support you in your quest to get rid of uh, this current person and in getting rid of Morales, or at least keeping him off the ballot. Um, and, you know, from the actual leftist side here, I hope that you guys do actually get a somewhat decent leftist uh, politician who increases your quality of life and doesn't proclaimed to be a protector of the rainforest or gets elected just because he's a native and literally stole their land for cocoa coca production anyway which uh, is cocaine and and other products but yes like he basically is more how do i put it like he seems more like maduro where he fucking enriches himself yeah uh People in his country are eating garbage, <laughs> straight out of the garbage truck, and then he's in a five-star restaurant. Or just like Stalin, 
who had people sent to gulag camps run by violent criminals, but he's in the fucking Red Square in Moscow eating good-ass food and getting drove around in a fucking nice-ass, uh, what are those cars they make? I don't know if it was a lot of, but yeah, same, same thing pretty much. <laughs> Speaking of Lenin, his ass is still, like, almost perfectly, um, like, not mummified, but, but preserved. preserved. yeah. He's literally sitting in the red square right now, looking the exact, almost the exact same way he did when he died. Yeah, That's you weird. can actually go there and visit him. That's the crazy part. Anyway, um, do we, do we want to switch topics here? Uh, sure, um, okay, so now we're gonna switch to a video that we tried to do, um, a little earlier tonight. I'll but, be doing a separate video for the page. Uh, if you go to our Facebook page, it's Libertarian Social Democracy, just like the uh, podcast. Uh, it was an interview, or it was like a segment before the Democratic debate tonight, where uh, they were going to a couple different counties. One was in New Hampshire, one was in Michigan. And they were trying to push this pro-Pete Buttigieg, pro-Biden, anti-Bernie, anti-Warren message. And it kind of backfired literally right behind their backs and in front of their faces. Um, you want to? Yeah, um, so this girl, so it was the news reporter and an older lady talking to one another. And this, the reporter is basically commenting on how, you know, it's a swing state. There's apparently some interest in Buttigieg and Buttigieg and, uh, and Biden, but when you look behind them, you can see, first off, when you look behind them, you can see a Bernie sticker in the left, in the background. And then person with a Bernie, uh, a Bernie shirt on, on the right. And another funny point that they tried to make was that Republicans and Democrats were both there uh, expressing interest in Pete Buttigieg. Yeah. And I'm a little bit skeptical that any Republican is interested in a gay Democrat. Like, no offense to gay people, but that's, Republicans are notoriously just not moving on that one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but, <laughs> you have to be smoking some serious crack if you're a Republican and going to vote for Buttigieg. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, so this other lady, uh, the, the older lady is giving, or she's answering questions. She is a re registered Republican and just coincidentally is uh, was a... Uh, Republican voter all the way up until 2016, and somehow she switched to vote for Hillary because she feels the Democrats are more in line with her views. And uh, anyway, that sounds like some, some weird identity crisis shit going on there. But uh, also, she was way too confused by how to switch her party affiliation to Democrat. She's a boomer. Anyway, uh, this, this other person, while they're doing the interview, this lady walks up with a sign, and it says... Uh, what did it say again? It said, uh, Bernie won, um... 73 counties? Yeah, 73 counties, 74 counties in all of Michigan, which is well over 75% of all the state. Yeah, I think there's only, uh, 83 counties? Yeah, so... Or something? So, yeah, that's basically every county. There's 80, 83 or 93 counties in all of Michigan, and I think it is 83. And Bernie won 73 of those counties, and in that county in particular that they are saying was an important swing state or a swing county uh, because it went to uh, Obama, then it went to Biden, or uh, then it went to Romney, and then it went for Trump. Bernie won by, in that county 
by 25%. And as she's waving that sign that says exactly that, you see this big-ass white dude just get up, and <laughs> he's literally blocking her, proactively swinging his arms, moving his body to block her, and she's, like, trying to get it on the screen. And it's funny, in the background you see three or four Bernie signs and a Bernie shirt, and they were pushing the narrative that it was, um, you know, a lot of interest in Buttigieg and uh, skepticism of Bernie and Elizabeth Warren, who also had nobody there, from what I saw, um, wearing her stuff or had signs out. It was literally all Bernie that you could see. So it's really just, like, appalling to see that, I mean, not so much for me, but, like, maybe some for other people out there. Like, this shows you that, like, the, the reporters can be trusted because they are so fucking biased. And even though I'm not for Bernie, like, I do feel kind of, I, I sympathize with him and his, like, group because, like, he's trying to, like, he, be the honest guy. And they won't even let him have the stand or recognize his legitimacy in, in his numbers. You know, it's just fucking bullshit. Yeah, the the media is is a corporate media for a reason. They back certain narratives, like I said, the Pete Buttigieg, who coincidentally is... Uh, they talked about it later. It has zero percent support from the black uh, from the black voters in that uh, in that state in New Hampshire and Michigan, I think. But somehow Joe Biden does. <laughs> yeah, forty four percent, and everybody else is in the tens or teens, and that's really fucking confusing. But anyway, it, it's mostly older voters um, that are pro Biden. Uh, most of the younger ones tend to go uh, for Bernie. Yeah. Um, but it, it was interesting to see that because it's a perfect example of how the media tries to undermine his campaign and uh, blatantly doing so. And they they end that interview and they go to uh, they go back to the main screen and the main person in the studio just has a straight face as she's watching all of this go down. Doesn't even mention it. Doesn't even flinch at it. Just goes on to the next segment, which was about the black vote and. <laughs> they gloss over how Pete Buttigieg has like no support over uh, no support zero percent from the black community, and try to explain why. And they have a commentator from the African American community who's a po political person, um, strategist. He talks about Pete Buttigieg and Joe Biden. Um, talks about how Joe Biden has like to overcome his. Uh, how do I put it, like his past, but he's just been a party guy, so he's familiar with the black community, and uh, <laughs> which is funny because like, I bet without Obama, nobody would really know who Joe Biden is, whether they're white, black, or Latino, unless they read up on who put the harshest criminal justice laws into place, which would be Joe Biden. He literally pushed Reagan to the right yeah. on, on criminal justice. And with drug policy, too, I believe. And he's such an authoritarian that he created 33 new offenses that qualify for the death penalty under the under his laws. Hmm. Um, you can look that up if you don't believe me. That's a fact. Anyway, um, and then they talk about Kamala Harris, uh, who has a hard time because she's a prosecutor. That's why they call her Kamala the cop, because she was literally prosecuting people for weed, uh, when she smokes it herself, admittedly, and she laughed about it. Um, and then 
they talk about how, well, they don't really talk about how she was harsh on, like, single mothers over, like, uh, truancy stuff. Like, she would literally take those parents to, like, court and shit over that. And I understand on some level, but, like, fuck. Like, she, she, none of these politicians really did anything to reach out for the black vote at all. They just, but yet they got all the coverage there. And, um, the one guy that they didn't really talk about with black support and his attempts at outreaching to the black community, especially the young community, was Bernie Sanders, who I, I know you don't like who he did his interview with, Cardi B, but, like, that yeah. was that was an attempt, you know? Like, he's at least trying, and they did talk about issues. Like, it wasn't, like, like whatever, like, shit that doesn't matter. They did talk about, you know, the things that Bernie cares about and why she supports him and stuff like that. Anyway, they completely left him off of that, and that was complete bullshit. They didn't, it's like, the entire thing was trying to undermine Bernie, prop up people that don't deserve anybody's vote at all. Um, and Pete Buttigieg, the reason why he has no support from the black community, largely, it's probably not just because he's gay. It's because, um, like, he had, if you look on the Young Turks, he has uh, a history of covering up Racism within his police department, they fired a, he fired a black, uh, sheriff or chief of police. There's all kinds of stuff. He lit, he's also on camera, and you can say it's taken out of context, I don't care. It was still a horrible choice of words. But he was there, um, in front of a family and a bunch of protesters, uh, reading his findings on whether there was any misconduct in a police-involved shooting and death, and he you know, came to the conclusion that there was not. So he announced that. And then the uh, older black women that were there protesting him and the decision said, you're running for president and you want black people to vote for you? And he literally replied, I'm not asking for your vote. It's not a good, it's not a good look, Petey, Peter. <laughs> it's just not. Um, so I, he doesn't deserve anybody's vote, especially from the black community. And uh, as the guy on TV was talking about, black people aren't a monolith. They they don't all get behind one person. They don't have all one set ideology. They're not owing anything to the left or to the right. But, um, God, I can only hope that they read up on Joe Biden and let this information actually matter. And Pete Buttigieg, you're not going to win <laughs> uh, any the blacks uh, the the black vote. Uh, black support. I stuttered there. I was trying to say black support, but eh, don't think I said the blacks. <laughs> Two things uh, about black people and Joe Biden. So we all know that Joe Biden has done some pretty racy shit back in the day. There's this, like, okay, there's no denying it, right? Yeah. There's absolutely no denying it, but this, an old coworker of mine, he's uh, an older black guy in his 60s, and he... I'm like, uh, we were talking about politics, and um, I'm like, yeah, I think, I, I said something along the lines of, you know, I think Joe Biden should just drop out. He's, uh, you know, he said some pretty bad shit about black people and some racist shit about black people, and he's, this guy... And insensitive. He literally said, like, like the context was clear, you know, who they were targeting with these hard-on-crime hard on laws. Uh, he said... Word for word, I don't care if they're the victim of society. 
Get them off the streets. <laughs> and he also said, uh, poor kids are just as smart as white kids. Yeah, and that was recent. Dude's got, like, Alzheimer's or something. But yeah, this coworker of mine is, look, looked me dead in the fucking eyes and was like, no, nah, man, he's not racist. And right, th right then and there, I knew, like, man, the fucking world is upside down. It's like, we, we have to do a better... It's hard to express new knowledge and wisdom and actual facts to older people in general. And that's, it's, it sucks. Like my, my, uh, my own grandma, who is, uh, more of a leftist, uh, has used right-wing talking points about Medicare for all, for example, when you show, I did literally show her like, um, you know, just where she was wrong. She literally thinks, like, the hospitals are going to be taken over by the government and shit. That's just not how it is. Like, in uh, at least under Bernie's legislation. Yeah. You know, it's just the process of paying for it. It's a big money pool, and there's no out-of-pocket yeah. expenses. Yeah, the, the insurance... And unless you literally make more than $100,000 a year, or or it's like 90000 like yourself, your taxes ain't going up at all. And I don't know about you, but I don't really know too many people making that much money. And I'm not going to feel bad for them if they if they lose $400 a year. Myself. That's just how I feel. But uh, especially uh, the people that are making $10, $20, 30000000 million a year, like they created new tax brackets under Bernie's plan for those people. So that's where extra revenue would come from. Because otherwise, the person that's making $500,000 a year would be paying the same exact fucking tax rate as somebody making $20, $20 million a year. That, in my mind, doesn't fucking make sense. Um, I wouldn't mind uh, seeing, too, like, uh, with marijuana legislation, you know, being fully legalized across the board on a federal level, I would like to see some of that money that state governments have coerced no harmless people from harmless people for you know making them pay their court fees and all that shit to reimburse that accordingly that, i think that's an interesting idea i never thought about that um just like um <laughs> kind of like reparations in a way yes reparations so like for the crimes that your government has imposed on you and your family yes make the government officials pay make the people who participated who are probation officers who are police officers who were you know, part of the hierarchy to, you know, say, okay, well, I know in U.S. law, it's, uh, if something becomes illegal, you don't get punished for doing it in the past when it was legal, and if something that was illegal becomes legal, you don't get, uh... You shouldn't still be punished. Yeah, well, the, the rule is, is, um, if something becomes, if something becomes legal that was illegal, then you still have that shit in your record. But if something becomes like, for example, prohibition era, when alcohol became legal, like bar owners weren't yeah. prosecuted for it. So there is some like method I mean, to it, but there, it's there, still bullshit because enforcing drug laws are not right and proper in my mind. It's overly authoritarian and it's more focused on making money, especially for the private prison industry. Uh, which is in a lot of states, and even in the states where private prisons are banned, like Wisconsin, uh, they're still using technical slave labor. And that's the problem with the 13th Amendment, is that it literally bans slavery unless you are convicted of a crime. 
So if you're a, in a prison or a jail, you, yeah, you make 32 cents an hour, maybe, or maybe 10 cents an hour. Either way, you're you're a slave. You're that's nothing, and but, you're you're <clears throat> subsidizing and costing jobs to actual people. You could you could actually have those people contribute to the economy. Uh, give them a real job instead of keeping them in prison, especially for nonviolent drug crime. Yeah, and it's it's paradoxical because, like, like Joe Biden is literally the fucking godfather of the war on drugs. Like he was there pushing Reagan to to the extreme after Nixon was gone and all that. But you know, he made took it to the next level. And the paradoxes. Oh, um, just in a simple context of like, you know, if the judge has. If the judge has, and the prison has no one to send to jail, then they run out of work and they don't have a job anymore. So they need crime in oh, yeah. order to keep their job. It's a prison industrial complex, and the police are complicit with that too. They need to give out more and more tickets to raise more and more revenue to say, we need this many guns from the government, we need this much money, we need, you know, it's keeping the beds filled and keeping their pockets filled. And uh, I talk about that in my article, The War on Drugs is a War on People. You can find that on scientificliteracymatters.com and also ourvoiceusa.com, or .org, one of the two. Um, but yeah, it's, ah, man, fucking, the, the mainstream media is still pushing for this guy. And the, <laughs> it's, it's not informing people about what everybody stands for or what their policies are or challenging it's not treating everybody fairly it's favoring some delegitimizing others that have not lost any ground in terms of support um you know bernie has a solid base it has not really gone down from any point in the last like like six months um in general he's got a solid voting block just as trump did ironically when there was fucking 15 people running in his clown car <laughs> and that's what I think all these people are running for is just to obstruct Bernie, take away from his base. And a lot of them are failing miserably, but refuse to drop out and still qualify for the debate stage. I don't understand that shit. I don't understand it either. But yeah, people are constantly voting against their own interests. And it's on us young people to fucking inform these older people because otherwise... <laughs> and we actually have to go out and vote for who we you know, actually support and not just sit on the sidelines for once. Um, 2018 was a good example. Four times more millennials came out to vote then in the midterms than in 2014 midterms. Um, and a significant number higher than came out in 2016 who sat out because the choice was a turd sandwich and a giant douche. It was, you know, <laughs> Hillary Clinton and fucking Trump, of course. And that's why that Biden meme where he's licking an ice cream cone and on the ice cream cone it says losing to Trump for the same exact reasons as 2016. Like it's a <laughs> you're you're putting up a shit sandwich. Uh I mean a, a yeah, a turd sandwich against the giant douche. It's just not a winning strategy. You got to get somebody that young people are going to want to vote for. And you'll see that the only two young people that they talk to on that interview that I'll make a video about later we're Bernie supporters. Yeah, they're independents. Yep. Um, I I almost want, I was almost kind of hoping that Beta O'Rourke would get elected so that we we can get this fucking the big es, the big Eskimo house going the boogaloo <clears throat> <laughs> and just fucking get it over with. 
<clears throat> I love those memes where it's like when it's like dude wearing like um uh, like night vision goggles and he's like smoking a cigarette like the Joker and it says like when your girlfriend is wondering why you're so upset that Beto O'Rourke dropped out when you know oh, you yeah. don't support him you wouldn't get it <laughs> you wouldn't understand but, um but anyways uh yeah with corporate media and regular on on almost any topic you got to be very skeptical. You'll be skeptical of your politicians. I think that is the main point of this of this episode in particular. Yes. Be skeptical of everything. Yep. Even me as a libertarian capitalist or right wing libertarian, I'm I'm skeptical of my employer. I'm skeptical of big wig money. You have I call optimistic cynicism. Cynicism, for those of you who don't know, is a general mistrust of humans, and but I call it op. I attach the optimism part to it because I kind of hope the way I see it is if I'm right, I'll feel righteous and, you know, and, you know, justified. If I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, then I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah. As for me, I'm just a skeptic of everything. Like, I mean, I tend to look up things for myself, find multiple sources that state the same thing. And they don't have to always be from a leftist media or a right-wing media or a centrist or whatever. I always check the bias rating on and, and PolitiFact and Snopes and all kinds of stuff. And you have to think for yourself. That's just how the world is. Otherwise, you're being manipulated. And as that one quote, uh, there's a famous quote, I don't know who said it, but you either stand for something or fall for anything. Yep. And, man... Thank God for the internet, because without the internet, we wouldn't have all this information available to us. We wouldn't be giving you this podcast, which ironically, I think, is due to the military-industrial complex at its root, because they created the internet. Yes, the internet in the 60s was an actual secret government project so they could communicate with each other across, um, you know, (laughs) faraway places. Mm Um, so... <laughs> I found your IP, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's an IP in the 60s? <laughs> anyway, um, y- you want to, uh, get to the end of the podcast now where we just say our... our yeah, yeah, uh, I think our, I think we said enough for what we needed to say, so, um... Yeah, sorry, sorry for the delay, it's literally been hectic because of our work schedules. He's on a third shift schedule, I'm on, like, a second, and it's just... Doesn't line up too well. <laughs> well, I'm on second shift. It's just oh yeah, yeah. I I work ten hours. I go in at, at to work at three thirty, and I don't get out of there until two o'clock. And by the time two o'clock rolls around, like I stay up maybe until four four thirty, then I pass out. But tonight I said, you know what, dude, fuck it, we got to get this done. So yeah. I apologize once again for the the vast uh, the huge gap in our podcast. But I think that we can get together at least. Want once, you know. You know what's ironic here? What capitalism is destroying LSD? <laughs> capitalism is destroying our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just I. I need to find a better job and a better work schedule, and uh, things will line up a little bit better. And uh, the opportunity is there. I just gotta fucking put my mind to it. That's the struggle, but it is what it is. So anyway. Yeah, well, we hope you enjoyed this episode, everybody. Um, please, you know, like it, um, share it with your friends, and tell your friends about us. We hope to get more listeners. Left, right, or center. Yep. 
we we're, we're not biased against anybody. We want everybody to hear, no matter what their political ideology is. Yeah, we try to keep things real here and state facts and not just opinions, um, or at least opinions based on fact, regardless. So if you like that kind of uh, platform, uh, yeah, share us around. Give us a like on Facebook, Libertarian Social Democracy. Thank you, guys. You have a good night.